Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Multiverse Podcast. My name is Luke. And my name is Matthew. And uh, this week we have a very special guest, one of Luke and I's very good friends, Mr. J.T. White. Mr. J.T., you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, hi. Uh, I am, uh, as they said, J.T. White. Uh, I've known these guys for, uh, oh God, how long have we known each other now? I, I remember the first time I met Matt, but Luke, I cannot remember the first time I met you. I want to say it was probably through... Uh... Probably PUMC would be my guess. That or camp. Yeah. Church camp. Right. I remember meeting Matt because that was when we all went to see Rogue One together, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a really bizarre moment. Because you guys initially like knew each other or at least knew of each other from like before, right? And yeah. And I like reintroduced you guys. That was really, really surreal. I don't know why that like stands out in my memory so much, but it was a really weird moment when that happened. It was really cool though. I was really happy that it happened. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that that was definitely because I don't. I mean, for me, it was one of those moments where it wasn't even like uh, it. It didn't take a second thought to know that you know, uh, like we would all connect so like immediately as well as we did especially when Mm -hmm. we you know started going on our tangent about uh star wars and everything that (laughs) we liked and disliked right okay so we'll give the audience a little bit of information about yourself so you'll just tell us a little bit about yourself and then i'm going to ask you four questions favorite movie favorite book favorite tv show and favorite video game uh, all right, yeah. So um, I do not attend Ball State like these fine fellows. Um, I attend Indiana State University. Shame. Yeah, I know. It is such a shame. I'm at least three hours away from them. But uh, yeah, I'm attending Indiana State University. Uh, I'm an art major, so um, it's really kind of what I'm going for right now. But like these guys, or not like these guys, I haven't quite had an update, but uh, I'm hoping to get into the film industry, um, whether it be through animation, because that's kind of what my target is. However, I've also uh, had a sort of, not really come to Jesus moment, but I was just really thinking about the things that I want to be doing and, you know, the things that I like and don't like. And I wanted to be uh, a stuntman for, martial arts specifically so i think that that is something that uh, i'm also kind of headed in the direction of that's really cool yeah that is cool what made you uh what what changed or what helped you make that decision well uh, i would probably say that you know it's been over a decade now since i started taking martial arts and there was a period of time where I stopped and I really just hated myself for not going to these classes. And I guess it just really, it really hit me, you know, when I didn't realize how much I really loved doing this, you know, beautiful art form. And it's like, it is the most, or how about this? It is one of the most real expressions of, oneself that's the best way i can put it i mean there's such a beauty and a grace in no matter what art you decide to do in martial arts for me the movement represented whether it's through tai chi or jeet kune do or karate or whatever it is it's honestly it it really is a beautiful form of expression and uh you know having watched so many martial art films from when I wasn't even in my teens yet, that was just something that I always wanted to do. That is really, really cool, dude. Yeah, sounds cool. And then you try and do it, and then you realize that you just got to get the shit kicked out of you a bunch. (laughs) (laughs) You got to start somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, now now do you want to tell us a little bit about your favorite movie, favorite book, favorite TV show, and favorite video Yeah. Game. See, now I'm in order now. You guys got me on track. 
<laughs> no, uh, yeah, like I said, favorite movie has to be uh, Empire Strikes Back. Favorite... Good man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, favorite book would have to be The Dark Tower, The Gunslinger, first book, um, by the wonderful Stephen King. Um, favorite TV show, I would have to say, you know... I'd actually have to say SpongeBob because I just have such, you know, wonderful memories as a kid of watching that. And I honestly, SpongeBob is like a second Bible for life, to be honest. It really is. <laughs> it's such a classic. It is. Uh, so many amazing moments that have influenced our culture now. Oh, yeah. I, I speak in SpongeBob references all the time. Yes. Yes. And SpongeBob gifts. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Don't even get me started on those. Uh, favorite, uh, favorite video game, I would have to say, is Sonic the Hedgehog on the Sega Genesis. That was also another childhood memory of mine. Uh, my dad, uh, he gave me his old Sega Genesis, and the very first game that popped up was Sonic the Hedgehog. And ever since then, I have absolutely, you know, loved that game, and... It's unfortunate that I actually have not seen the new movie yet, so that's something I got to do, hopefully, when I go back home. Yeah, that is very unfortunate. You're missing out. That seems to be a recurring segment. I was going to say that. We talk about the Sonic movie. I think this is the third time now that this has come up in conversation, and we're only on episode five. It's a sign. Oh, jeez. It's a sign that JT and I need to watch, apparently. (laughs) We will do a Sonic review at some point. Please do. That would be awesome. I'm going to say that right now. I'm making this verbatim. We are going to do a Sonic review. All right. All right. It is in in words. You cannot take it back. A man's word is sacred. That is correct. correct. (laughs) Um, Okay. So JT, you are a very, you're very big into the martial arts scene and you wanted to talk to us about martial arts used throughout film. And I know that your favorite, one of your favorites is, uh, uh, what is it? Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon, correct? Uh, yeah, it's one of my favorites. Um, I would actually have to say my favorite Bruce Lee movie would probably be his second Hong Kong film, which is called uh, Fists of Fury, or it's also uh, known as The Chinese Connection. It's got two titles there. Why does it have two titles? Do uh, you know? I used to remember... Um, I cannot for the life of me remember it now i'm sure i'll research it later and it'll come back into mind but um uh this might be totally wrong but it might have had something to do with the translation from when it was in hong Mm -hmm. kong and it was given two different titles or maybe bruce just wrote it that way uh what what really got you into martial arts movies um was it, you know, doing martial arts or were you watching them beforehand and that kind of got you into doing the action or is it something completely different? Um, it didn't really have anything to do with cinema at first when I got into the martial arts scene. Uh, when I was younger, I had a big time severe bullying problem and uh, one of my best friends, uh, who I'm still friends with now, he told me about his karate dojo that he went to and so i told my parents and my parents were you know when i came home you know every day just like absolutely in a terrible mood crying and miserable they were like all for it so i went to this karate dojo and i it was you know it was one of those things it's like you know it's like meeting the woman that you love you just know and from then on out you know i was all into karate and I didn't really broaden my horizons too much because I, you know, at that point I hadn't really, uh, I guess, crossed the bridge that is the martial arts world until my sensei and I got very close and we just started talking more about it. And, you know, there I am growing up, uh, advancing in rank and whatnot. And then I, by that time I was watching all these you know, classic martial arts films from like the 70s and 80s and 90s, you know, like Bloodsport, good Jean-Claude Van Damme, you know, Steven Seagal. Uh, I actually didn't really watch a whole lot of Chuck Norris. Uh, I don't know why, but I guess I was into 
I don't know. I can't really say. It's hard to it's hard to say what I was really into. But uh, when I started watching Van Damme and uh, Steven Seagal, I branched over into Jet Li territory, and then Tony Jaa, and then Scott Atkins, Michael Jai White. I mean, all phenomenal martial artists. And I gotta tell you, I mean these these guys in real life, they are like you know, this might even be a quote, but it's almost like God when He was making them. He accidentally must have mixed them with like tigers and lions because these dudes are tough. Like they are no joke. These <laughs> are tough dudes. Is there something that you like about Bruce Lee more than the others that kind of like got your interest in him more than yeah, anything else? Yeah, I would say that Bruce Lee was my first martial artist really that I was introduced to. And, you know, my. Karate Sensei definitely, uh, he was probably the one who introduced me. It's been too long now, but um, I I would say that I like him more because not only is he a brilliant philosopher, and, you know, a lot of people might not even know this, but, you know, Bruce was, I mean, he was an absolutely insanely smart person, and he had all these philosophical thoughts that were really just about you know, life as a whole, growing up, being the proper person, you know, and I say proper and I mean just really, you know, having the right mindset, you know, being strong-willed, all the good qualities about someone is, you know, he teach these philosophical things. And I, there's actually a book written by his daughter, Shannon Lee. Uh, I think it's Be Like Water, based off his uh, famous uh, interview speech, um, but it actually includes all of his philosophical teachings. And I highly encourage everyone to go out and uh, at least take a look at it. But um, yeah, other than him being a philosopher, I mean, the art of Jeet Kune Do, you know, when he just created that as a whole, I mean, it. for those who really have read up on his background, you know, he started, you know, as a kid, he was a, you know, he was a well-known street fighter, and a lot of people also might not know that, but he had a lot of run-ins with the Hong Kong police, and uh, he, I believe, was first trained by the legendary uh, Ip Man of Wing Chun style, and from there on out, he continued his street fighting, and that's actually why he was sent to America in the first place because of how much trouble he was in with the Hong Kong police. So his father sent him here to America to get an education. Huh. That is really I interesting. Yes. I have no idea. I have not seen any, like, martial arts movies, unless you count the Karate Kid, not the Jaden Smith movie. <laughs> that doesn't even count. Okay, that, number one. I, you know, not that it's a bad movie, but the fact that none of the martial arts in that movie is karate and it's all kung fu i don't know it just it's a mocking title okay so you're probably gonna hate me for this but i am also <laughs> trying to educate our audience as well what is the difference between like karate kung fu jujitsu and taekwondo because i feel like those are like the four like best known ones you know what i mean yeah 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 so the it's really a regional thing um uh you have arts like karate, judo, hapkido, um, I believe jiu-jitsu jiu as well. Uh, those are all uh, based from Japan. And you have stuff like kung fu, and that's a very Chinese, uh, that's a very Chinese-based art. And you know, really, it was if uh, you go back in cinema to the late 50s, early 60s, when all of the uh, Hong Kong movies started coming out in terms of martial arts, they were all about the Shaolin and Shaolin Temple. And it was Hong Kong cinema who actually discovered the Shaolin Temple and started to film all of that. So it's, you know, really a regional thing. Um, and, you know, like boxing, that is a very, uh, that's a very European American, you know, art. You have some. You have uh, some other stuff like uh, capoeira. That's a Brazilian African martial art based on kicking, and there's a whole bunch of other ones out there. Hmm. 
right. Yeah. So it, it's a yeah, lot. It's it is a lot. a lot. I'm trying to like it's still registering in my head pretty much 90% of what you just said. Um, <laughs> let, let me make this easier on you. So another reason why I like Bruce Lee so much is because when he was creating Jeet Kune Do, and for those, uh, for the audience members who don't know, and maybe for Luke and Matthew as well, Definitely. Um, Jeet Kune Do is uh, Cantonese, translated to the way of the intercepting fist um is a literal translation now it doesn't necessarily always have to mean fist it can mean foot leg knee elbow i mean it's when bruce was creating it he studied all of the base forms of martial arts so like karate jujitsu uh, he studied wrestling, he studied fencing, he studied all these different art forms, and he took all of the best things from each form and combined them into one art, which is Jeet Kune Do. So, for example, when he was studying fencing, he was a big fan of the footwork and how it was done. So, a lot of the footwork in Jeet Kune Do is based from fencing. Um, a lot of the throws um, and grappling is all jujitsu and wrestling. Um, a lot of his punches is actually Wing Chun, and that's also a Chinese Kung Fu art form. Um, but that's really, you know, that's why I love Jeet Kune Do so much. It's a culmination of all these arts, all the best things about them. And it was designed specifically for the street and for real life encounters. It wasn't meant for sport. It wasn't meant for, you know, anything like that. Uh, nowadays, I believe a lot of people will study it for MMA and UFC because it's a very free form and it helps you to really find your best fighting style. Okay. This is probably going to sound super uncultured of me, because keep in mind, as far as martial arts movies goes, I've only seen the Karate Kid. But, yeah, yeah um, no problem, no problem. Have you ever competed with, like, I don't know, I assume they're just called tournaments, right? I, or maybe there is, like, a different word for it that they use? That's like more No, 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 yeah, yeah. So you have tournaments. Um, there are – the tournaments in martial arts, it really varies. Um, you have what's called kumites. Um I don't even know what that translates to. I believe that term was used in uh, Bloodsport. Um, it's basically, you know, a giant uh, martial arts competition. Um, the competitions vary in terms of you can do form, for example, like a lot of katas, um, where it's not really necessarily uh, facing another opponent or you can go into tournaments where it's all fighting and no form-based, uh, uh, I guess, judgments, if you will. Because uh, a lot of that is, uh, not that I know all the ins and outs of tournaments, but a lot of that is point-based. And, you know, I never really liked going to tournaments or participating in them. Well, uh, sorry, I, I shouldn't say that. I I do love going to tournaments. I don't like participating in them solely because it's that's really a personal preference for me. I you know I guess it all just stems from the my bullying history, and I never really you know for me at least competing in tournaments you know it didn't really seem like a good way to practice you know martial arts for me because if you train solely for tournaments then if a real life encounter comes up you know you'll be so used to this trend based uh fighting and you know real life is very dangerous and you know i mean it's life or death so that's really you know i like doing you know one-on-one -on -one with you know whoever the instructor is uh, I like to train with my buddies because, you know, that's a lot of what we do is, you know, we just go all out and we like to really practice and get things down like that. Gotcha. So is it more of a self-defense thing for you or is it 
something else like you said because of like your history of bullying is it more of like you also don't want to like intentionally cause pain to somebody else i'm like i might be reading way more into this than i should be no no no. yeah those are all perfectly valid questions uh for me when i was starting out it was a self-defense thing because you know and you know i feel like most people who are disciplined in any martial art can tell you that, you know, and I actually think Joe has said the same thing, but knocking someone out and really hurting someone, it just does not feel good whatsoever. There is not a gratifying feeling about it. There is no sense of pride to it. It's a very mental strenuous thing. And, you know, I think that's a big thing about martial arts is it teaches you self-control and control in the art itself. So, you know, if, if you need to defend yourself, you know, you, no one ever wants to kill anyone, you know, it's always primarily about defense and that's, I believe what it should stick to being, you know, you don't want to ever seek out to hurt anyone. But when I was uh, taking martial arts and still getting heavily bullied, there was a period of time, you know, this was not even in my teens, but there was a period of time where I did want to face all the bullies I came up against. And that just, you know, got even worse. But I mean, looking at, you know, back then, it was just, you know, it was such a recurring thing. And I was so used to like, all right, he's here at school today. I guess I have to face him. So this is what I'm going to do. But, you know, now 20 years old and having grown a lot since then it's you know it's not just about the self-defense aspect it really is a wonderful form of self-expression you know within the movement like uh, one of the things one of the arts that I am currently practicing is a Chen style Tai Chi it's the first style of Tai Chi that was ever created and Chen style was made uh, solely for combat at the time and now you have like Yang style Tai Chi, which is very dynamic. And that's a lot of, you know, for, you know, that's what, that's what you see a lot of, you know, people doing in the parks publicly. It's, you know, for breathing and health. And, you know, I like the combat aspects of it, but at the same time, you know, I, I have to say, you know, you may have your own thoughts about Tai Chi, but it really is a phenomenal, phenomenal health art to practice. And I mean, already like just, yeah, this, this is going to sound real funny, but knowing how to breathe properly, I mean, you once you start practicing, you'll just notice a dramatic difference. It's like breathing in clean air with the same air. Do you have a uh, favorite style that you've you've uh, learned? Uh, I would um, I would say the style I most practiced was karate and Jeet Kune Do. Um, and Jeet Kune Do for, you know, the real life situations and karate from when I was younger. And there are various other arts that I've dabbled into, but I don't want to say that I am proficient in the arts. Um, one of the styles that I was going to practice, hopefully when this COVID stuff is over, is Judo and Hapkido, because uh, if you think about the science of these arts, uh, you know, stuff like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, judo hapkido those arts are definites if i'm to put a word on it and what i mean by that is the science behind the art you can be the smallest guy in the room and face the biggest strongest opponent in front of you that's like four feet taller than you and you can take them to the ground in less than a second and it's all based on body control so those arts are absolutes. They are wonderful to practice for body control and controlling your opponent. And I think those are really cool once you start looking into the science of all that. Um, so we're going to kind of go ahead and move into our next segment. Uh, we're going to be talking about an upcoming Marvel Phase 4 project uh, called Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, I don't know much about this character or any of the characters really related to it, uh, but JT, I know you're very excited for this. You've expressed interest 
multiple times. Very excited when it was announced. So do you kind of want to talk about uh, who this character is and just, uh, I mean, obviously, beside, if, if there's anything besides the martial arts that, that makes you excited for it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Shang-Chi uh, in his first comic, um, and before I go on, I, I just have to say about this character, if you look at the comic book art of this character, you'll know immediately who he was based on, you know? I mean, you will see, like, I don't know who went into designing this character, but if none of Bruce Lee is in this character, then I don't know who else they could have possibly used. What I mean, I don't know, whether it's Jet, yeah, whether it's Jet Li or Jackie Chan or Donnie Yen, I mean, this character is the spinning image of Bruce Lee, except he wears red and white and not yellow and black. Yeah, I definitely see it. Looking at these pictures. Yeah. Especially yeah. these older ones, these older comics. This one's from Ooh, I can't tell. It doesn't say the year on it. Oh yeah, yeah. Shang Chi is a very old comic. He's not a well known character. Um I am particularly excited for this one. I don't know the direction that Marvel has going for it because I don't remember anything about the Ten Rings being involved in the comics, uh, for Shang Chi. But uh, the only thing, sorry, the only thing that I remember from what Marvel said, because that's been, it's been at least a year now since they announced this, right? And we haven't really heard much about it since. Yeah, they announced it at Comic-Con last year. Either Comic-Con or D23. I think it, it was Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Though. We're going to get hate if we're <laughs> wrong. But the only thing that I remember from them talking about Shang-Chi is that... Um, the mandarin like the real mandarin will finally make his appearance um for those of you who don't remember in iron man 3 the main villain and i say that with like air quotes was the mandarin and as it turned out he was just an actor and then they released this like really short film basically just saying that the real mandarin is still out there because I, re I remember there was a lot of backlash initially from people because they really did not like Ben Kingsley's portrayal of the Mandarin because in the comics and correct me if I'm wrong JT but in the comics he is like yeah. one of the best martial artists on the planet right yes yeah, so the Mandarin is uh, he's a martial artist but uh, the rings that you see uh, the character in Iron Man 3 wearing uh, those rings that he has on, each ring has a different power to it. So one ring can teleport, one ring can freeze you, one ring has mind control. So that was a big part of the comic books of the Mandarin. But what I feel like they're going to do is, uh, I can't remember if it was Shang-Chi's father or who raised him and trained him, but in the comic book, Shang-Chi is the best and greatest fear in all of the Marvel Universe. He's not the most powerful necessarily, but he is the best and greatest fighter, um, best martial artist in all the Marvel Universe. And I have a feeling, based on who I remember in the comics training him, that might turn out to be the Mandarin. So I don't know. Like I said, I have no idea what Marvel's going to do with it, but... Um, I am very, very excited for this up-and-coming up movie. For clarification, you did say that the Mandarin trains Shang-Chi, correct? Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, okay, that's just The Mandarin I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Mandarin gotcha. I know, uh, well, let's put air quotes around, I know. I believe he was a martial artist, but he, you know, really the main thing about the character is he had the ten rings that he wore on his hands contained a power that kind of helped him, you know, do battle and fight. To continue the conversation, um, I guess I have my theories. We've seen Doctor Strange now get trained by the Ancient One. I yes. almost want to say that there are, will be some parallels to that. But yeah, I have two I, theories. That's what I was thinking as well, yeah. I have two theories, and it's just because I was just watching uh, film theories. It's a video from last year. It's a video about... Uh, it's about the Dark Knight trilogy, basically, but it reminded me, since we were talking about Shang-Chi, and you said that the Mandarin could be the one to train Shang-Chi, I wonder if we'll get some kind of parallel with how Batman Begins, uh, Ra's al Ghul was the one 
Raz, Raish. I I've heard so many different things. Yeah, I've heard both Raz and Raish. So we'll say we'll say Raz. I'm going off of the Arkham games now. Yeah. Raz trains uh Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne into becoming the Batman, but it's revealed after a while that uh Liam Neeson's character was the actual real Raz al Ghul and not this other guy who was pretending. Right. Be. I wonder if we'll see that as a parallel. That'd be a really cool parallel. Yeah, I do think that would be really cool. And speaking of the Batman, I gotta say, I am beyond excited. And, you know, this is I... another thing we keep talking about on the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I think everybody, oh, yeah. I don't think there's anybody who's not excited for this movie. Well, my criteria for Batman is kind of strict, but that's only because I've, I've read his comics since, you know, I remember the detective comics, you know, since he was in, but one thing I'm already really excited for, and that clip where he just beats the ever-loving crap out of that one guy, you know, <laughs> I gotta say, the, the way that they filmed that one scene, and definitely the way that, you know, he was fighting, I gotta say, because Batman is a very strategic, you know, he's one of the best fighters of the DC Universe, if not the best, I mean, he trained in so many various martial arts all over the world. Um, you know, all these Zen Buddhist, you know, styles of meditating and, you know, spirituality, you know. So I- I'm excited, but, you know, it- it'll be interesting to see where uh, they go with this one. Yeah, I agree. I think my criteria for a Batman movie, and it's mostly because, like, I just really, really love the Arkham games. I love the detective work that they have you doing in the game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's one thing that definitely Batman was, I mean, I mean, Detective Comics, you know, that's, you know, really it. But Batman is, like, I think next to Lex Luthor, he is the best strategic mind in all of the dc universe and i believe he's you know i think lex luther is the smartest man in the world and bruce wayne is the second smartest so i'm really i'm really expecting to see a whole lot more from that in the dark knight trilogy they gave us you know bits and pieces of that detective work but they gave us more batman action than they did the actual detective work which i gotta say i people might hate me for this but i did not at all like the fighting scenes in the Dark Knight trilogy, only because there's a certain way that you can film fight scenes and to make it really look good. And that's one thing that, you know, we have learned from Hong Kong cinema because they've been filming martial art fight movies for decades and decades now. And there's just such a way, like shaky cam for action is not good. I don't know who came up with that concept, but my God, it doesn't make things look better. It makes things look worse because we cannot pick up things visually that quickly because by the time it's done, it's like, all right, well, I know they're fighting. That guy's dead, so that's it. I think that's one of the reasons why the John Wick series and the Kingsman series are so highly praised is because they don't use shaky cam in their action. Oh my it's God. really, I mean, some of it is stylized, but it's really very smooth. So you can see everything that's happening. Like, it's not like you have to kind of just guess. Oh, yes. Absolutely. You don't see John Wick beating someone up and then it cuts a hundred times. The next thing you know, they're dead. Like, you see everything. Yeah, and that's one thing. It's really a lot I different. Absolutely I absolutely mean, praise. I praise the John Wick series because, number one, all that stuff, all the fighting and martial arts in there is very much 100% legitimate. And if people think that it's not, then they are dead wrong. Because, number one, you see Keanu Reeves training with uh, Japanese uh, judo instructors, or sorry, Japanese jiu-jitsu instructors, instructors, and then you have a lot of the judo, you have the Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I mean, it's very much real. And I got to say, the way that they filmed all of that is stunning. I mean, the movies were created to show off the stunt work and the action work because they got a bunch of people from like the Matrix, like the main uh, stunt coordinators and stuff like that. They obviously, if you've seen the John Wick movies, the plot is it's there, but it's not the reason why the movie is happening. It's all just to show the action and like what we right, can do. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And as much as I love the the Bourne trilogy, 
Uh, I really feel like the shaky cam takes away from a lot of the action. Like the story is really good, but sometimes the action seems like, oh shoot, what just happened? Because there's so much shaky cam. So I think that even from just the early 2000s up until now, we've we've really changed how we. Oh yeah, absolutely. Things. And you know, that's one thing I definitely got to give praise on. It is you know, and this is one of the things that I want to do in my future. You know, I have a bunch of mini you know film projects lined up with a bunch of other friends who do martial arts. Uh, you know, we want to film all of these, you know, little mini movies really, you know, show that. And, you know, this is, you know, I mean, for us, this is, you know, a part of being in the big leagues. And, you know, anyone, you know, I mean, you can know so many martial artists and admire all the work that they do within their movies. And, you know, the evolution of how we now do fighting in cinema is, is a really fascinating history. And I mean... I got it. It's it's a big portion of my life, actually. So um, now for our final little piece, um, was it how recently did the newest season of Cobra Kai come out? Was it in the last week or two? Like a few days ago. It was just a few days ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I have another confession to make. I've not actually seen the original Karate Kid movie. I've never like what? sat down and watched it. Wait, yeah, whoa, I know. Whoa, all right, no, 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 whoa, 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 You just committed wait. a heinous crime, my friend. No, JG, you did. I know. You gotta, you we have to end this episode right crime. now. <laughs> okay, let me defend myself. Let me defend We're myself. We're ending this episode right now. Matt, I don't know if we, if you can defend yourself, dude. That is like when you nice. take a cult classic like Karate Kid. That's like that's like not seeing any Star Wars movie, or at least not hearing about Star Wars. Right. Okay. I don't own the movie. And I've never gotten it on TV where I can sit down and watch it. Or I'll sit down and it'll be in the middle of it and it's not on another showtime to record it. I'd like to interrupt and just apologize formally to my mother. Uh, Brooke, I know you're listening. I'm so sorry that Matt has never gotten to see Ralph Macchio dressed in uh, the, the Karate Kid getup. This is clearly something that we're going to have to talk about in our weekly therapy sessions. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I wish you luck, man, because that's going to be rough. (laughs) No, I, you know, there are so many movies that people have always recommended to me. I'm trying to think of off the top of my head what's one that where if I said I haven't seen it, people would be like, what, you? Actually, I can. I've never seen Alien. Yeah. Oh, dude. I think everybody has at least one movie that is like, everybody's like, oh, you totally need to see it. It's incredible. And then they never get around to it. For the longest time, it was Interstellar. Mm -hmm. I've had the opportunity to watch that in the spring, and it is phenomenal. And that is one of my favorite movies of all time now. You know, I I actually recommending that to me. I'm dogging on Matt and Luke here, but that's a very true statement because, like, for me, well, I might have not have seen a, a lot of movies, but like for example, I've never seen Mary Poppins or The uh, Sound of Music. <laughs> okay, I laugh because when I was younger, my sister watched Mary Poppins every day for like four years, every single day for oh, four geez. years. You hate that yeah. movie, don't you? I despise everything <laughs> about that movie. Hearing Mary Poppins physically makes me angry i can feel my blood boiling inside my body right now oh jeez! don't blow a gasket come on now this is clearly something i need to talk about with my therapist this week evidently yeah (laughs) all right well getting back on track from my terrible crime that i feel horrible about um the new season of cobra kai came out recently i know you kind of wanted to touch on it briefly um so I mean, you guys just kind of go go ham on whatever you want to talk about yeah. with the things you'd like and dislike, the connections to, you know, the original movie, stuff like that, without spoilers since it's new. Yes, yeah, yeah. no spoilers. I have not seen Cobra Kai, so I kind of just want to ask you a few basic questions. Oh, okay, cool. um, is the fighting style of Cobra Kai, is it accurate to the movie? I assume that it would be because they have this big budget because it's Netflix and it's, you know touching yeah, on a sense of nostalgia yeah. that a lot of people have um i would say i would say yes to that and you know i i haven't like thoroughly studied the karate kid movies so you know it's kind of hard for me to get a basis on that but from what oh, you yeah, see I forgot there's more than yeah. one isn't there yeah well once you get past <laughs> what all you need to watch is the first two other than that you can just kind of skip them all 
You know, some might be angry at me for saying that, but let's be honest here. They, they stopped the getting good one. at the second one. Um, but I would say, to answer your question, yeah, it is pretty accurate to the way uh, they showed it in the movies and different, definitely the way Netflix has been able to get back into, you know, the karate and the martial arts. And it's all, you know, I mean, for me, it's like really fantastic because it's, you know, like stepping way back to when I first saw it in my, you know, when I was like 10 years old or something like that. But uh, I mean, yeah, you guys need to get around to watching it as soon as you can. It's on my list. I'm currently making my way through Ozark right now. I just finished my rewatch of How I Met Your Mother, which is that's actually really ironic that we are talking about Cobra Kai this week because in the final season of How I Met Your Mother, uh, William Zabka, a.k.a. Johnny Lawrence, the villain from The Karate Kid, is very prominent in the final season. In fact, uh, Neil Patrick Harris's character, Barney Stinson, is a well i shouldn't say obsessed he loves william zabka and thinks that he's the hero of the movie because he's doing like karate the correct way that it should be done uh now see i will say that you know i actually think that uh johnny lawrence is kind of the hero of the karate kid um Ooh. I, I do i do and you know nothing against Daniel LaRusso's character, you know, even though he is the character. Nothing against him, but... You know, Ralph Macchio. You, yeah, yeah, that guy, whoever he is. Um, I don't know, you just look at him in the first Karate Kid, you watch Ralph Macchio, and I mean, he's kind of an a-hole throughout the movie. I mean, if you really pay attention, it's if I were Johnny Lawrence, you know, without all of the, the hate fire and fuel within my soul that is black... You know, the, the legs. Right. You know, if I was Johnny Lawrence and, you know, Ralph Macchio just like came up to me and did all the stuff that he did. I mean, yeah, I'd be pretty pissed off, too. So I will actually say that, you know, they both have hero and villain qualities in them. But for the most part, I'm going to actually have to say uh, Johnny Lawrence, he's uh, he's the real MVP. Well, from the trailers of Cobra Kai that I've seen, it does kind of seem like that that's the way that they've set it up, where the role is almost flipped now, where you end up feeling sorry for Johnny Lawrence, because this is all just from the trailer of the first season, like the very first one. His life is kind of in shambles. Yeah, yeah, it very much is so. And as the season progresses, you can see how he's getting back in touch with his karate roots. And, you know, uh, have you guys seen at all the trailer for the second season um i don't believe i have okay so i won't give any spoilers then but i will say uh not really a huge spoiler but there is actually an episode in season one where uh johnny and the other protagonist uh the kid that he's teaching his first student he has a conversation with him about uh Daniel LaRusso and from the dynamic of how he thought that he didn't do anything wrong and uh, Daniel LaRusso was the real villain of the story so it actually is a really cool thing to see but they do have that within uh, season one of Cobra Guy. I wonder I wonder if that's a connection between like how I met your mother and this because I know that that like aspect of the show uh, from How I Met Your Mother came from a really popular, like, internet theory. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the name of the theory. But it's not that's not, like, where it originated from as far as I know. So it is interesting that they touch up on that because it did become kind of a mainstream thing there, at, like, after How I Met Your Mother was done where, like, people were actually kind of having that conversation where was Johnny Lawrence, like, the unsung hero of the movie? Right, right. And I will say, as far as the whole... You know, what were you saying that Barney was saying that he was doing, like, real karate or whatever? Um, oh, yeah. With So, yeah, so Barney Stinson's character was saying that he was the hero because, you know, Daniel, Daniel LaRusso comes in and just kind of ruins everything 
by doing the crane technique, which was... I, I think in the show they say it was not allowed in the tournament, but I don't think it's ever specified. Maybe it is in Cobra Kai. That would be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I remember at the beginning of the second Karate Kid, it picks up... It, it's just like the Rocky movies where it picks up literally right where uh, Karate Kid 1 ended. And there were, this isn't really a huge spoiler, but a couple of judges, like right in the beginning, went right up to uh, Miyagi and Daniel when he was carrying the trophy. And they went up right up, they went right up to him and were saying like, yeah, that kick's going to be remembered throughout the decades. And uh, I don't think they really said anything about whether or not it was legal. So I wonder, I'm probably reading into this a little too much because I'm a video production major minoring in like film and screenwriting and I always try and look for hidden meanings and stuff. But I almost wonder if it's like kind of touching up on like how blindly people back in the 80s like just kind of saw that movie and was just like, yeah, that's fine. That makes sense. And I wonder if it's kind of poking fun at them saying like, that's super iconic, but it wasn't something that should have. Oh happened. yeah, yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? And you know, I think with the way that 80s movies were kind of portrayed uh, on film and whatnot, it's, I think it's really cool to look back and see because you know society has now changed substantially since you know the 80s and that's for x y and z reasons which was way too much to get into for one single podcast but uh i mean now you're able to look back and see things like yeah would i have done the same thing if i was in their shoes was that really justified various you know ethical you know questions that you just have to ask yourself Yeah, I would have to agree on that. Matt, do you have any thoughts on this at all? No, I definitely have to agree with what you said. I mean, it makes sense. Um, maybe not like, I don't want to say it's social commentary, but definitely like kind of poking fun at the fact that, you know, 80s movies plots were just super simple. Like, I mean, I'm thinking, um, you know, Back to the Future, oh, Bill yeah. and Ted. Like those plots are pretty much straightforward. I mean, you had more complicated ones like when you got into like, Indiana Jones, but even that one was mostly straightforward. So I think that it could be, you know, showing how how we've really changed our mindsets about a lot of things with media, but could also just be, you know, a fun coincidence that they just you're like, oh yeah, let's change it up, kind of give somebody else a, a different story. Yeah, there's no uh, there's no tenet or inception from the '80s, and if there is, please tell me because I will gladly watch any of those movies. I think the maybe I guess my closing thought on Cobra Kai is I from just watching the trailer it just gives me the idea that like there are no heroes and villains in real life and since the movie is mostly realistic like it's not like they're doing you know like the Kaioken technique right, right. Yeah, or anything yeah. like that like they're just doing karate and it it is very grounded even for an 80s film it is very grounded and realistic, and I think that Cobra Kai is definitely touching up on the idea that, like, there are no heroes and villains in the real world. So they, like, maybe in media should portray it a different way, a yeah, little bit would, less. I would definitely agree with you I could be wrong. That, yeah. It could just be a... Uh, yeah, I, I would choice. agree with you on that statement, though, because, I mean, in a lot of situations, you, you know, in cinema especially, you see scenarios where the protagonist or the hero has to make like a tough decision. Like, do they save, you know, this one person and let all these other people die or do they, you know, you know, whether it's the classic scenario of turning left or turning right, you know, either way you're set up to lose, you know, and that is a tragedy. However, that's also very, you know, it's very awesome writing because I feel like that's how, I mean, because I've started writing my own stories, you know, whether it be for film or for a comic, which I got one coming out here pretty soon. But I mean, you you're able to really sympathize and empathize with the character when they're faced with situations where it's not just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and take this bottle of acid and splash it on their face and that'll be that. You know, that's a really weird scenario, but you know, you get what I'm saying. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. So uh, I think that about wraps it up for the different topics that we had. JT, do you have any quick shout-outs that you wanted to do? Quick shout-outs. Uh, well, even though these people are probably never going to hear this, uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to my buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, it's okay. I'll, I'll advertise this enough and get him to listen. Uh, yeah, I'll give a shout-out to my buddy Twin in California. He's a fellow... Uh, art students, um, as well as myself. Uh, he's taught me so much about art. Uh, I'll give a shout out to my buddy uh, Hunter, who actually goes to Ball State with you guys. So I'll definitely get on him about listening to this. And uh, uh, give, I'll give a shout out, just give a shout out to you guys, because you know I feel like this has been you know, a long time coming and I'm very happy that I've, you know, gotten to participate and be on this awesome podcast. And, you know, you guys are doing a phenomenal job. And, you know, I wish you all the best and hope you keep up all the great work that you're doing. And, you know, especially at college with all your endeavors. And, you know, if, you know, once we get up in the grades and, you know, start learning more, we got to do some collaborations, I think. Oh, absolutely. 100%, dude. We really appreciate you being here. It was such a great oh, time yeah. talking about this. My pleasure. My pleasure. I would like to I'd like to plug something really quick. Uh this upcoming weekend, uh our friend Jacob who was on the podcast last week is directing a short film here in the Ball State slash Muncie, Indiana area this weekend that I will be helping behind the scenes and having a short cameo in. I don't know the title of it yet. All I know is they need me Saturday night. And I will plug that when we get more details about it. But, Matt, do you have anything? Um, No, I don't think so. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Like I said, please leave us a five-star review in whatever platform you listen to, which is probably just Spotify right now because that's all we have it on, but we're working on getting other platforms. It takes two weeks to get onto Apple Podcasts, so um, we're still waiting. Yes, we are in the application process right now. Speaking of application, fill out our guest application. We would love to talk to anybody about any topic. Bye. Thanks for listening. JT, say goodbye. (laughs) Bye, everybody.